That song makes me smile because my less mature days, uh, singing that song, we would sit there, hallelujah, and uh, we had a good time with that one last year. I mean, uh, back in middle school. Good times. Uh, Jeremiah 48. We continue the woes here in Jeremiah. We had a woe to Egypt the last time we covered. Uh, next week will be a woe to Ammon and Edom. Uh, then I think we're done with the woes. Yes, we are. And so today is the woe to Moab. And first verse of chapter 48 says, Against Moab, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Woe unto Nebo, for it is spoiled. Kirith Tham is confounded and taken. Mizgab is confounded and dismayed. So there you go. You see what we're looking at here. Through the rest of this longer chapter, it should only take us a couple hours, but we'll get through it this afternoon. Lord, help us as we look at Jeremiah 48, and I pray that you'd help us to learn, continue to learn from others' mistakes so that we don't make the same. And uh, God, I pray that you would uh, give us application today for our lives that we can apply and, and again, leave here uh, this afternoon profiting from your word. And uh, Lord, I pray that you, that you would just grow us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here, um, you can actually go back to Deuteronomy and, uh, and see some of what God is doing here and that he will avenge his people, Deuteronomy 2.9. But uh, let's continue looking here at these verses and what is ahead for Moab. It says in verse 2, there shall be no more praise of Moab. In Heshbon they have devised evil against it. Come and let us cut it off from being a nation. Also thou shalt be cut down, O madmen. The sword shall pursue uh, them. This is not just, or the, excuse me, this is not just a spoiling of a country, but a, it's a uh, destruction of a country, a destruction of what is there. It is not just a bad day. It is a, uh, a wiping you off the earth. And again, I kind of go back to this with America. Sometimes we, you know, I believe America to be the greatest country uh, that exists, but it's not to say that we're above being destroyed. And uh, you look at the military might, and for a long time, you would argue, you know, we're the strongest country. There's some dangerous countries out there, but um, not even being destroyed by other countries, although that might be the route God would choose to use. But um, God's saying, enough with this. Now, you say, okay, well, wait a second. You're telling me Russia is a more Christian nation than America? No, I'm not, or China, or, uh, or anybody else for that matter. There's not very many godly nations out there. But uh, Moab was not a godly nation. The people who came against Jeremiah, Babylon, was not a godly nation. God used them to destroy or to punish or to whatever it may be. And now God is destroying them. And I'm not sure that America is doing as much to help the cause of Christ um, as it once was, although missionaries are being sent, um, things like that as well. But guess what? Other countries are sending missionaries too. Uh, we're not the only ones. And sometimes we kind of put ourselves on this pedestal of, well, we may not be, I talked about this with Christians before, we may not be as um, uh, perfect, but we're not as bad as them. And we look at that and look at the other countries out there and we're like, well, we're bad, but we're not as bad as them. Um, be careful. We're not God's chosen people, the country of America. And, uh, and so we have to be careful with that as well. But anyways, uh, here, it's not talking about America, it's talking about Moab. And Moab will be destroyed. Verse 10, if you want to jump ahead, it says, Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully, and cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. Um, 
God's saying, the person that I've told, the people that I've told to go destroy Moab, if they don't do what I've said, that's what he's talking about there at the end, keepeth back his sword from blood. The person who says, uh, I'm not going to do that, even though God told him to do that, that's a problem. Do what God wants, not what you desire. Serve God, not self. Um, and curse, uh, cursed be him that dwelleth or doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Um, is, there's punishment coming for that as well. Back to verse number 3. Uh, a voice of uh, a voice of crying shall be from a voice of crying shall be from Horonaim, uh, spoiling the great destruction. Moab is destroyed, or little ones have caused a cry to be heard. For in the going up of Luhith, continual weeping shall go up. For in the going down of Horonaim, the enemies have heard a cry of destruction. Flee, save your lives, and be like the heath in the wilderness. And we see this uh, uh, verse 1 being spoiled, verse 2 being desolate, verse 9 we'll look at in a minute being barren, verse 8 being destroyed. There's all these terms in here of the understanding of just how bad it's going to get uh, for them. Verse number 7, uh, for because, and again I remind you, God does not destroy, God's wrath does not come down without a cause. There's always a purpose for it. There's always a reasoning behind it. And so he says in verse 7, For because thou hast trusted in thy works and in thy treasures, thou shalt also be taken. And Shemash shall go forth unto captivity with his priests and his princes together. Um, the God they depended on is going to be uh, taken away and spoiled. The, idol, uh, the idols are going to be taken by, uh, by, in this destruction. Uh, they have wrong trust. Verse 11, Moab hath been at ease from his youth. Uh, he had not hath settled on his lees, hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Neither hath he gone into captivity. Neither his taste remained in him and his scent not changed. So you see just they, they hadn't gone through the adversity, uh, the trials, the captivity, the different things like that. And the God that they depended on, the God that they gave credit for, and that is going to be carried away in the things that get taken out of the destroyed city. Um, voice number nine, give wings unto Moab that it may flee and get away. David uses similar, um, uh, similar terminology in a prayer and psalm that he asks God to give him wings. Um, it's not, he's not uh, promoting Red Bull in this uh, passage, but it is a, a prayer for escape, a prayer for deliverance. Um, let's see here. Skip down to verse 13. And Moab shall be ashamed, and Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. You see shame, you see confusion. Uh, back in verse 3, it talks about crying. Back in verse 6, the fleeing, the running, um, the hurrying out of, those kinds of things. It just causes confusion. It's chaos. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a running at a moment's notice. Not prepared to run, not prepared to leave. And uh, you can imagine if you were sitting there on your couch one night and someone came in and said, you have 30 seconds to get out of the house, grab what you can and go, um, you'd probably spend 15 seconds trying to figure out what you were going to grab at least. Maybe 20, 25 seconds. What am I going to get? I don't know what I need. Do I have this? Do I have that? I need that too. Oh, no, the pictures. You know, all those kinds of thoughts. It's, the, it's confusion. It's that sudden urgency that causes you to not be able to think straight. And that's where it's coming from. Uh, here as the destruction is coming. Uh, they thought they were pretty strong. It says in verse 14, How say ye, we are mighty and strong men of war, or for war, excuse me. Moab is spoiled and gone up out of her city, and his chosen young men are gone down to the slaughter, saith the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. The future, not just the present, 
but the future is being destroyed. As it says there, they're, um, uh, they're chosen young men, the future army, the future strength of the nation, all of that uh, as well. It's utter and complete destruction. Uh, look in verse 20, it says, Moab is confounded for it is broken down. Howl and cry, tell ye in Arnon and that Moab is spoiled. So you just see the destruction that continues to happen. There's surprise, verse 16. The calamity of Moab is near to come and his affliction hasteth fast. It's a very quick destruction. It's, a, uh, it's not a delayed destruction. Jump ahead to verse 40 and 41. For thus saith the Lord, behold, he shall fly as an eagle and shall spread his wings over Moab. Carrioth is taken and the strongholds are surprised and the mighty men's hearts in Moab at the day shall be as the heart of a woman in her pangs. Um, so you see the uh, picturesque description here of exactly the, um, the, the pain, the destruction, the lack of comfort, uh, the confusion, all that is there. In verse 21 through verse 24, it shows the wide range of destruction, naming off the different people and places. Uh, verse 25, the horn of Moab is cut off and his arm is broken, saith the Lord. It's, it's, it's a picture again of they can't give the warning blow, uh, the, pre the way to prevent things, the way to warn people, things like that is cut off from them. Um, I think again in verse 42, And Moab shall be destroyed from being a people, because he hath magnified himself against the Lord. Um, but we see just again that, that absolute destruction is coming. Verse 30, 26, excuse me. Make ye him drunken, for he magnified himself against the Lord. Moab also shall wallow in his vomit, and he shall also be in derision. Again, the shame that is here. It's not just destruction, it's shameful destruction. It's a, a, a look at now, people will look at them as you would look upon a drunkard walking the streets uh, that's laying in his own vomit. That's, uh, uh, I mean, right when you see someone who is filthy and clearly drunk, you don't sit there and go, hey, good job in life. Uh, you don't say, that's what I want to be when I grow up. No, you immediately know that's, that's shameful. And uh, no matter what's happened to, to, to drive them to that point in life, whatever it is, you're still, your thought is, that's embarrassing that they're at that point and where they are. And, uh, and that's kind of how the viewpoint is going to be here of Moab as well. Verse 29, we have heard the pride of Moab. He is exceeding proud. His loftiness and his arrogancy and his pride and his haughtiness of his heart, they earned their destruction. The Bible says that pride goeth before fall. Another, another passage, I believe, still dealing with pride and great is the fall of it. Um, you see that, uh, and that's one thing that I was so worried about in our previous administration was pride. And, and it's one of those things where you look at and you go, boy, we need to be careful where our pride is in. It's pride in self, the way we typically think of the word pride. That's a problem. If it's pride in God, if it's, if it's proud of the God that we serve and the fact that we are with him and it's not in a sinful pride way, then that is good. But here they've earned their destruction because of pride. It says loftiness, arrogancy, pride, haughtiness of his heart. There's different ways to say it. It's all the same thing. Lifting up ourselves. We're strong. We're mighty. We can do this on our own. All those sorts of things. Uh, verse 31, therefore will I howl for Moab. And I will cry out for all Moab. Mine heart shall mourn for the men of 
Kihiris, Kihiris, I think is how you say that, I'm not sure. Um, it's a horrible event. It's a, it's, a, it's a sad, it's a gruesome event. It's not one where you sit there and cheer, it's one where you feel great sorrow for the outcome of it. O vine of Sidma, verse 32, I will weep for thee with the weeping of, a, of Jazer. Thy plants are gone over the sea, they reach even to the sea of Jazer. Uh, the spoiler has fallen upon the, thy summer fruits, upon thy vintage, and joy and gladness is taken from the plentiful field. You just see again the complete, utter, sad, sorrowful, shameful destruction of Moab. Uh, we see more of it in verse 37. For every head shall be bald, and every beard clipped. Upon all the hands shall be cuttings, and upon the loins sackcloth. You see the extreme sorrow. We don't do these kinds of things, I'm thankful. Uh, but uh, in extreme sorrow, we shave our heads, uh, uh, um, sit in ashes, and the different things that were done. Um, but here, that's exactly what, what will be done. Um, look at verse 36. I skipped that one. Therefore, mine heart shall be sound for Moab like pipes, and mine heart shall sound like pipes for the men of Kiris, uh, because the riches that he hath gotten are perished. It goes back to what was said uh, earlier. Uh, but everything that they have done, the reason why they felt so confident in their strength and their wealth and all those sorts of things, it's completely taken and destroyed away from them. Verse 38, it says, There shall be lamentation generally upon all the housetops of Moab and in the streets thereof. For I have broken Moab like a vessel wherein is no pleasure, saith uh, the Lord. It's universal sorrow. It's, it's everywhere that you can look. Uh, it's there, and we see that back in verse 34 as well, uh, talking about the, the different places in which it will cry, um, and there's just, it, it's, it's an amazing destruction, um, one that most people don't see in their lifetimes. Uh, verse 43 is where it gets a little complicated. It says, Fear and the pit and the snare shall be upon thee, O inhabitant of Moab, saith the Lord. He that fleeth from the fear shall fall into the pit. And he that getteth up out of the pit shall be taken into the snare. For I will bring upon it, even upon Moab, the year of their visitation, saith the Lord, that they fled. They that fled stood under the shadow of Heshbon because of the force. But a fire shall come forth out of Heshbon, and a flame from the midst of Sihon, and shall devour uh, the corner of Moab and the crown of the head of the tumultuous ones. Wherever they go to run, another, another thing is waiting. And there's no escape from it. And, uh, and it's just utter and complete destruction. Verse 46, woe be unto Moab. Woe be unto thee, excuse me, O Moab. The people of Chemosh perisheth. For thy sons are taken captives and thy daughters captives. Yet, look at this verse 47, will I bring again the captivity of Moab in the later days, latter days, as saith the Lord, thus far is the judgment of Moab. So there's Moab. Uh, for, chapter 49 is Ammon and Edom. And uh, we'll look at that next week. And uh, as we kind of are looking here in Jeremiah, and, you know, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Um, he weeped for his people. Uh, we're going to look at Babylon uh, later on as well and how God judges them. We've been talking about that pretty much through the whole book of Jeremiah anyhow. But uh, again, we see the, the thing that I take the, the most out of chapter 49 is, uh, 48, excuse me, is, is kind of what we've talked about many times before. But um, they're not being judged for no reason. Their sin, um, their refusal to obey God, they had idolatry as well. Um, their, 
their refusal to accept God of who he is is ultimately the reason for their destruction. And God lists it very clear for us that pride is a big portion of this. Um, but this was a country, a nation, a people that um, didn't serve God. And, and at the end of the day, if you're not going to serve God, you should expect some sort of discipline, um, <laughs> some way, shape, or form, whether it be in life or death. Um, it's, it's, it's a painful, painful way to learn a lesson. And uh, sometimes it's an eternal lesson that you can't change from. So uh, today's the day. Today's the day to start serving God. Today's the day to start obeying God. Today's the day to give your life to Christ if you've not already done so. Um, today's the day to accept salvation because we don't know uh, when our last opportunity comes until it's too late. Uh, may that be the lesson we learned today. God, help us. Help us to not be a, um, a people of pride. Help us to not be a, uh, a people who refuse to listen, um, who reject you. God, I pray that you would make us an obedient people, um, servants to you. May we understand that as, as though in our lifetime when we hear the word servant, there's such a negative connotation, but Lord, there are so many great things that come with being a servant of God, and Lord, I pray that you would help us to see that, understand that, grasp that. Lord, again, I pray if we've got anyone that's not saved, that's yet to accept you as Savior, Lord, I pray that today would be the day they do. Lord, I pray for these young people in the room. I pray that they would grow up with a heart for you, Lord, that they would love you, follow you, and serve you, that they wouldn't make some of the mistakes that we as adults have made. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to learn from us and that we'd be faithful to teach them and prepare them uh, for what is ahead and, and ultimately prepare them and teach them and show them how to love you and to serve you. So help us this week to do what is right. Um, Lord, give us strength, boldness, encouragement. Keep safe those traveling. Heal those that are sick. And, uh, Lord, we look forward to coming back together uh, again very soon. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, we're back Wednesday night at 7. Hope that you can.